what on earth have you spent unless you're rocking around in a Lego mobile Death Star where have you spent seven and a half grand hello hustlers welcome to that freelance life podcast the show where we discuss the how-tos the ins and outs and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London I'm Brittany Beebe and I'm Harris Stockwell and we're creative freelancers here to guide you please note we do recommend you try this at home Welcome back to that Freelance Life podcast, guys. It's good to have you with us again. So today is all about how to get those financial ducks now. So last week, so last time we were talking about creative ducks in a row. This time, it's the financial ducks. When you're going freelance, you don't know if you know, but you kind of also have to be your own boss in dealing with your finances. Yes, as a permanent member of staff, you get someone to sort out that tax that and P-A-Y-E. all that. And that national insurance and that pension and all those things for you. Well, when you're your own boss, you do it yourself. But we do advise, get a great accountant because let's worry about something less and someone else can worry about that. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. You spend the time doing what you know and let them spend the time doing what they know. 100%. We're going to have a chat about how to set yourself up as a business. There's a bunch of different ways to go about that. When you do go freelance, you can choose limited company, sole trader, or work under an umbrella company, which is kind of like working for a perm, but it's a do P-A-Y-E. We'll discuss all that in this. Absolutely. Then there's also things to consider like business bank accounts, expenses, that. Um, The list could go on and on. The main thing is like, how the fuck do you do your taxes? Honestly. And what is the difference between income tax and corporation tax? We cover all these things in this episode. Don't you worry. Because, you know, there's one thing in life that's for certain. Death and taxes. There's so many online accountancy firms that can help you out. There's apps out there. There's also independent accountants. I mean, Brittany and myself are both with Brooks and Accounting. Uh, they are an online accountancy firm, but also are available at all times. Well, not all times, business hours on the phone and, and weekends and weekends. The best thing about them, I would say, is that what they allow you to do is to hook your business bank account up to their online portal. You can see all the incomings, the outgoings, you invoice through them as well. And it just makes everything really simple. It's also very transparent. Absolutely. And you can manage and keep track at a very much understandable way because even though we still feel like we've got a good hold on our finances now because we're very much aware of what's happening, we're still very unsure about what the hell this tax means and is. So it's great to have someone who does. So it's less of a hassle for you to worry about, but also that you have this online portal that allows you full transparency and full control but as we said they are not the only one that's out there there's many many different accounting services and softwares that you can use um, online and one of them we're actually having on the show today so to help you we have chatted to Dillis and Luke at Crunch Accounting to help guide you on some of the burning questions that might be going through your mind if you're thinking about freelancing Crunch takes the hassle out of your business finance and saves yourself time and money on accounting. Their award-winning online accounting software and world-class service is trusted by 11,000 contractors, freelancers, consultants, and small businesses in the UK. We highly recommend you get something similar to this. If it's not Crunch, it's someone else because honestly, it just really saves you the hassle and the energy when it comes to something like this. It is worth every penny. So without further ado, from Crunch Accounting in Brighton, 
Dillis and Luke. So um, in the studio today, we've got Luke and Dillis from Crunch and Crunch Accounting. And just a little bit on, let's start with Dillis. What do you do here at Crunch? Uh, I've been working for Crunch for around 10 years now. I am an ACCA qualified accountant, um, an accountancy service manager at Crunch here. Uh, basically, I'm the one who's looking after the, the clients on a small and growing business package. Luke. Um, so I'm the client education specialist for Crunch. I help educate uh, clients through media platforms, e-learning materials. Um, so putting together help centre articles, guides, walkthroughs. Um, I used to actually be a client manager, so I've been here from the ground up, I guess, in a way as well. Oh, cool. um, so yeah, I've been here almost it's almost five years now, I think. No, uh, man, you're the perfect person to be talking to then because you know all the ins and outs. Well, both of you, it's like a perfect combination. I hope so. I hope so. Or I've just been blagging it for five years. <laughs> so. I think we feel all the same. We've all been blagging it. We're probably yeah, winging yeah. it in one way or another. How has Crunch grown? I mean, maybe that brings us to our next question. Like, what is Crunch exactly? Um, based on the fact that people want to know what's going on with their business. They want to keep track of their finances. You know, in the, I suppose in the old days where you just for lack of a better term, put all your receipts and invoices into a cardboard box and left it on the doorstep of a traditional accountant, as we would call them. You didn't really know what was going on until the end of the year. You didn't know where your money was. You didn't mm. know what you'd earned. You didn't know what you'd spent. You weren't really able to plan that mm. particularly well. So I guess the aim of Crunch was to put that visibility in the view and eye lines of everyone else so that they can do that sort of stuff. You know, putting it into a um, an online accounting platform as well was a massive game changer back then. Mm. Um, none of that existed at all yeah. whatsoever. You know, you had, I'm, I'm sure there were other businesses out there, but whether those were just glorified spreadsheets or not, no one really knew. So with this, um, it really gives you that self-control. You're able to, you know, like I say, keep tabs, you spot trends. That's the other thing as well. Am I spending too much money mm. on this particular item? So is that then going to lead me on to make a wiser decision next time. You know, yeah. if you're spending loads on public transport, mm. is it worth getting yourself a vehicle? A bicycle. Instead? Yeah, a bicycle <laughs> instead. Yeah, mileage, you get mileage yeah, back yeah, for that. Yeah, because, yeah, side note, you can claim mileage back on your bicycle. You can indeed, <laughs> you can indeed <laughs> claim your mileage. On yeah. when you cycle. That's it. <laughs> I think it's so important to, I mean, I have found personally that outsourcing my accountancy has really alleviated stress and anxiety for me because it's, I mean, straight up, money is not my strong point. <laughs> not money, I would say, but maths is just not my strong point. Yeah. I don't like working with numbers and figures, and I don't like spreadsheets. We're visual people. We are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is, like, having an accountant has really, really helped me, and it allows me to have the peace of mind to then focus my energy and time on the stuff that I am good at to make the money. Yeah. And that's, that's, I guess that's kind of what we're aiming for, is, you know, take the stress and the anxieties away from bookkeeping mm. accounts in general and actually yeah. you focus on what you're passionate about you know all you've got to do with with our software is clock in put a few numbers and digits in and then it goes off to someone else to handle it anyway exactly. so yeah. that then means you don't spend loads of time doing administration you don't actually really have to focus on the background of it either because you can trust what the other person's doing is doing the right thing for you in your business but also if you do want to check in you can just log in and say well what's going on yeah, I can exactly. see that I've got this, that, and this and that. Whereas, like I said earlier, in the old world, you, you wouldn't know no, at all. You'd you just have no idea. drop off your box of receipts yeah, exactly. yeah, and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, and hope for the best. That's literally <laughs> and then you get a fat tax bill and you're like, what? Precisely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Nice surprise from HMRC. <laughs> um, so let's take this right from the top. 
if I'm a freelancer or I'm a, I'm a creative and I'm wanting to go freelance, mm -hmm. what are the different steps that I need to take when I set up my business? Or even if I do, I set up a business, do you want to take us through what steps people need yeah. to consider? Yeah. From my point of view, I would say research is one of the most important things to do before you even consider the name of your business, for example. Mm. You know, you could go right way back to forming the business. What name are you going to have? Are you going to have staff? You're going to be registered for VAT. And those could be easy steps to think about at the beginning. But actually, unless you don't know the industry that you're going into or you don't know your audience or maybe someone else has got an idea that's already exploded and it's already been done... Research is super, super important. So a lot of the time people will start it because they've I don't know, maybe had a friend who's like, oh, I'm earning loads of money doing this and I pay myself dividends and get loads of salary and everything. And that's all well and good. But the chances are they've done their homework. They've done their research. They've established a network of clients and they probably have been doing it for some time. Um, I think far too often people take a bit of a leap too early because maybe they've got the money signs rolling, which is fine. You know, it's kind of why people want to be their own boss, right? Mm. They want that control and they want to be able to earn what others sure. earn. That's fine. Um, but all too often when people do that is the business folds as quick as it started. Mm. So you've just got to make sure you, like I say, know your industry, know your audience, do your homework, do your research. And then if you do need extra advice, there's plenty of people out there that will offer you advice, whether that's financial advice, whether it's, advice on starting your own business crunch does that quite often actually if i'm honest so a lot of our clients who phone us it will purely be putting the feelers out there i was mm. thinking about this but what do you guys think we'll then ask them a series of questions and based on what those answers are we're going to be able to determine whether it is or isn't actually worthwhile doing like you mentioned earlier do, do you be a limited company do you be an umbrella company do you be a sole trader it's going to depend on personal circumstances every single time. Okay, that's great. And then obviously, depending on which option of those you chose, there would be different steps to setting yourself up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not always the same. It's not not as if if I start a limited company, I need to do the same if I'm umbrella or sole trader. Yeah. So that's what I mean. You've got to research it because just because someone's doing one thing doesn't mean that same rule is going to apply yeah. on the others. Okay. That no, that, that makes sense mm. completely. So this is a pretty interesting one as well. Why would you say that it's important to keep a business bank account and a personal bank account and have those as completely separate entities? From a personal point of view, from a money managing point of view, if you bundle everything into the same basket, how are you going to know what's yours and mm. what somebody else's, if that makes sense? So if you're, if everything's going into the same account, okay, some of it's going to be your personal money to withdraw as a salary or dividends or whatever. Some of it's going to go to the tax man. You're not going to know what's what unless you've got one, a good traditional accountant that will regularly call you every single month or quarter to tell you, make sure you put this away and this away, or a good bit of software that will do it actually for you. Now, when I used to train clients at the start, we always, always advised people to set up those separate accounts just purely because you can then take the money from the business, put it in your personal account. That's yours, right? You know that that's yours. Everything then then is left in the business bank account is either going to be the government's money, unfortunately, mm. or it's going to be your profit left over after your taxes, which most of the time you can probably use to pay yourself anyway. But the important thing is to leave money in the business bank so that you can afford those taxes. Because a lot of people sometimes will end up overdrawing. Mm. And then when the bill comes through, you go, well, that's not even in my bank account. You think, well, 
What do you do now? Well, what what if it does come to that? What happens? You know, can you as an individual put money back into a business to cover that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the problem is, is when I guess once you start relying on freelancing as your sole income, Mm. you know, it probably isn't as bad if you've got another full time role and you're doing this maybe on the side and because you'll have other money to fall back on. But if your sole earnings are through your limited company and you end up overdrawing and you cannot cover those bills, you could have already spent that money by then. Exactly. What are you going to do at that point? I think it also could go back to your point earlier about uh, what's the difference between a limited company and being self-employed, for example. Yeah. You know, it's that whole mm. liability side of things as totally. well. So that's another yeah. thing you do have to consider. You know, is A lot of people fall into this trap. It's my business. It's my money. It's not. It, yeah. It's just not. It's your totally. business's money until you declare in the correct way that it's your, that it's your money. Yeah. Yeah. Until you do that, it's not. None of it is yeah. up totally. until that point. Okay, great. So that actually leads us perfectly into the next question, which is what is the difference between being a sole trader, being an, or part of an umbrella company, and having your own limited company? Um, maybe you could run through a couple of pros and cons of, of each of those, as you mentioned them. Sole traders are tend to be unincorporated businesses and the traders are trading in their own names. Uh, limited companies are separate legal entities in the eyes of the law, so basically separation of risks and liabilities. Umbrella, um, they are just basically direct employees um, of an umbrella company, usually operate uh, through an agency. Typically for sole trader, um, the, the pros could be just one self-assessment tax return per year, um, but they need to ensure all the books and records are well kept in, um, in case of HMRC's inspection. Um, for limited company, obviously, there's a bit more of the statutory requirements, such as year-end accounts to be submitted to company's house, corporation tax return to be filed with HMRC and also directors who's receiving uh, typically salaries and dividends from the limited company will also have to be um, um, preparing their self-assessment tax return once per year. Mm -hmm. Um, In in general, a typical person earning around £50,000 would probably be better as a limited company just because of the tax efficiency of salary and, and dividends and also the range of expenses they could potentially claim through the company um, as business related expenses yeah. um, and also it's a much flexible model uh, because they can just take the money out of this out of the businesses and when they need and and, and want um, if they have any question at all, because like I said, each circumstance is different. Um, if in doubt, just they can they can get in touch with Crunch um, for a free consultation. Okay, so just say we have decided that a limited company is going to be the most tax efficient option for us. How do we go about setting that up? You'll first need to form the business. So you, I mean, there's loads out there, company formation websites. Um, Crunch has got one as well that everyone's will and can use. It's open to the public. Um, you have to consider us with company names because, and it sounds really silly actually, as I'm about to say this, but you can't have business names that have what are called royal meaning. For example, I couldn't set myself up as a business of the Ministry of Education. 
<laughs> you're, you're not allowed to do it. How about stuff. the Ministry of Creativity? All yeah, that yeah. as well, yeah. Enjoy. And, you know, Parliament, Royal, Ministry, anything like that, you're not allowed to have at okay. all. You actually have to get permission from the government to oh, allow you to use that. Which is strange when you think about it because you've got Ministry of Sound, so you think, well, did they go to the government yeah, with that exactly. to be allowed yeah, that's it? true. <laughs> so can you imagine how that conversation went down? Yeah, I can <laughs> there we go. Um, company bank accounts, as we've already discussed as well, it, it's it's best to have them separate for the reasons we mentioned earlier. It's just more manageable. You know what's yours and what's your business is. You know what you can pay yourself, what's going to the government. Um, I guess from a startup, you should look to join some sort of community, you know, forums, Um We've got one here as well, Crunch, Crunch Chorus. Chorus. Yeah. And it's just for um advice and yeah. everything business knowledge. guides, startup awesome. guides, what expenses you can and can't claim. Self signed up, yeah, yeah. Just plug your email address in and one of the sales advisors will ring you. <laughs> 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 well, that's great. No, it actually brings us then onto onto that question of what expenses can you put through your business to be tax deductible or efficient yeah and probably what is that process like we are sitting at home with piles of receipts piles of receipts <laughs> <laughs> so you know why is it important to keep those receipts and, mm. and how does expenses work really i know if i'm not mistaken the receipts you have to keep for seven years yeah no. uh, yeah seven years which is bizarre when you think about it right because if you've ever had a receipt in your wallet or your purse for longer than three weeks you take it out and the ink's gone yeah exactly what, 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 yeah, just... but we're in a modern day world now you can though get there are um expense apps that you can get now so the one that we use is a snap app um buy your lunch dinner whatever it may be and you take a photo of your receipt and it'll actually read the data on your receipt digital receipts now are absolutely fine they are allowable mm. so you can photo scan whatever you want keep a digital copy and then turf the rest get rid of the mm -hmm. paper version yeah. Yeah. well actually Clear we it. take photos of ours all the time to upload onto our system Perfect. and so so you're saying that that's fine i can chuck away my paper yeah. ones even if i've got them on file as photographs yeah. yeah well it goes hand in hand with the whole HMRC is trying to modernise their systems. You know, mm. they've been old for so long now, sending out letters on stone tablets and stuff. It's just got, <laughs> got to the point where actually they needed to modernise and actually mm. keep up to date. So they've introduced this making tax digital idea now and they've rolled it out for VAT quite recently and it seems to be going okay-ish. <laughs> um, There'll always be bumps along the way. Well, that's it, exactly. And especially because they're... I guess, stuck in their ways, for lack of a better term, for so long, it's yeah. probably quite a big shift for yeah. them to have to work in a completely different way, you know, do all the filing online, get yeah. everything sent through electronically. It's not just a case now of getting people to fill in documents at home and sending it in the post, and then they just sit there and wade through it all. Yeah. Um, so if you can then just list a couple of like things that you could expense through your business that can be more efficient for you. So. Yeah. Computer, equipment, yes. anything you use for your yeah. business. Software. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah. Lunch is public transport. Yeah. Dinner. Um, Some dinners. Cocktails. Some dinners. Yeah. Cocktails. As long as it's not, yeah, three course dinners at the Ritz are not going to count. No. Okay. So, yeah, don't do Spot those. Spa treatments? <laughs> no. Uh, bad back from sitting at the computer too long. Well, need a short side. <laughs> need a short yeah. The, the thing yeah. is, is I think in HMRC's own 
words and terminology online is if it meets their uh, wholly and exclusive test, mm. which is, is this business related expenses? For your, for your guys' role, obviously computers and things are fine. Mm. Absolutely fine. If, however, you went to spa or Legoland for a day, it's probably not going to be an allowable business expense in that respect. Well, that actually brings us on to our next question of what is corporation tax? You know, the one thing they don't teach in school is anything <laughs> about tax. And now you get this word corporation tax and personal tax and what are they? <laughs> yeah, I went for a while not putting any money away for my own personal income tax. I kept corporation tax aside, but didn't, I don't know why. I never, th- I was just like, well, I've paid my tax now. But it's just corporation tax, and then you get this personal tax tax after self-assessment. Well, you're not alone in that respect, so don't feel too bad, because that's a fairly common thing to happen. Well, please help the world out, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A corporation tax is the tax payable by the limited company on profit it makes from trade, investment, and selling assets for more than they they cost. Um, Rates is currently 19%, and pretty much for the foreseeable future um, as well. And um, in terms of personal tax, it's really tax liability payable by individual taxpayers based on their earnings. I think a real, a simple way that I've always seen corporation tax is that you take all of your earnings, so everything that you have brought into the business, you then take away the expense, you minus your expenses. So say, for example, you had £10,000 that you've brought in, you've spent £5,000 on expenses that are tax deductible, you're only going to be left with five grand then that's actually uh, going to have corporation tax applicable to it. So it's the profit that remains after your deductions, which is where corporation tax comes in. Right. Yeah. So that five grand will be taxed at 19%. Got you. Got you. This is why it's so important to actually keep your receipts and, and expense the things that you're spending money on. Mm-hmm. So that you can make that tax deductible earnings follow little. Yeah. <laughs> tax efficient, as we call yeah. it. And then yeah. where does personal tax come in then? So if that five grand, so you've 10 grand you've earned, five grand you've made expenses, you've got five grand profit, taxed up 90%, 19%, where does the personal tax come in? Going back to the whole most accountants will advise NIC threshold. So if, for instance, you took the £8,632. Which is the NI threshold. threshold, Nothing's pay on that. No national insurance contributions and certainly no income tax at all. And yours. Yeah, Yeah. that's yours. Completely yours. If you're obviously not going to be able to live on just over 8.5k. It's impossible. You're going to need more funds, right? So they will then advise you to make up those other funds in the form of dividends. Now, you'll get 2k of that. So if we just you know, you've separated the salary because that's its own tax on its own, right? Mm. You've got NI income tax. You've then got your dividends, which is a separate tax entirely. And it sounds bizarre because they are earnings, right? They're just being taxed differently. That's mm. all it is. So if you've got your 8632 in salary, pay no tax. You've then got two grand tax-free as a dividend. You could combine that and effectively you've got just over 10 and a half K. Tax-free, you know, still earnings, like I say, they're just being taxed separately, that's all it is. Still not very livable. No, exactly. (laughs) So you're still going to have to take more than that. But then after that 2K, up to, I'm sure it's either 32 and a half or 34 and a half thousand, again, do your research, um, you'll only pay 7.5% on that amount. Right. So in theory, you could combine both tax-free amounts of salary and your tax-free dividends, that's just over 10 and a half K. You could then take up to 34 32, 34,000 in dividends, mash that together, 
and you're still only going to pay 7.5% tax on an amount of the total. Yeah. You're not going to get taxed on the whole thing at all. And that's personal tax at the very end after you've paid your 19% tax on your whole business mm-hmm. earnings. Yeah. yeah. The way I always used to explain the money that was left over is something called PAT, so profit after tax. Yeah. So you take your earnings minus your, um, your expenses, you're left with your tax bill after that. Whatever you've got after that is your PAT, is your profit after tax. Great. Brilliant. That's a great way to put it. Yes. Actually. We're going to put that on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you met Pat? Yeah. <laughs> you pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've done well in earning yeah. your PAT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good pat. way of looking at it. It yeah, is. We need to make a campaign for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, so then when do you pay each of those taxes? It's extremely variable you've got there's some fairly standard what i would call universal dates so let's go back to the self-assessment for example the deadline to file and pay your self-assessment is the 31st of january and that's for income tax personal income tax that's for your self-assessment yeah Yeah. personal income tax yeah so that's where you need to declare dividends Mm -hmm. i think your rental and sole trade stuff probably goes on there as well doesn't it in that respect yeah everything that's january so if you're oh so if you're a sole trader you're dealing with just the Mm self-assessment that's That's the only like one-off year thing that you do for tax but if you're a limited company you've got self-assessment which is just on what you've personally paid yourself Mm -hmm. and then you'll have another your corporation tax payment chances are you might have a fair few because if you do take over um the National Insurance Threshold, you have to do POYE returns, RTI, real-time information, filing with HMRC every month. So then if you've got national insurance contributions or income tax, you'll have to pay that to HMRC by the 19th of the following month, is it? Something like that. Um, so you've got... Is that if you have employees? That's you if you just earn a salary over oh, over. over the national insurance. So anytime right. you start contributing to national insurance or, or pay income tax, you're going to have to pay that tax every single month for your salary. Um, mm. And if you're a limited company, you have to pay that yourself. It's not like, you know, Dillis and I, for example, where we just get our pay slips and then everything's handled. It's all lovely. I don't even have to think about it. With a limited company, you've got to do that all yourself. Unless, obviously, you've got staff that can do your payroll and everything yeah. for you, then they'll deal with it. Um, you've got VAT to consider as well, VAT returns. What? Is VAT exactly it's value added tax? Value added tax, yes. It's added to every item, it is. services, and yeah. Things. I mean, I guess a little no, bit almost, <laughs> almost, yeah. There's some that are exempt, or there's some circumstances that is outside of scope. I mean, it, I always used to see VAT as so when oh, I guess this is going to be a little bit of a history lesson. So if you go back however many years it was. It goes back to when we actually dealt with trade, so with products, materials, and things of that nature. So if, for example, someone brought in some silk from somewhere else, and then they turned that into a robe or a handkerchief or whatever, you technically have added value to an, an original material. You've changed it in something else. You know, any one of us could go outside and cut down a tree. It's still a tree at that point. But then if I started carving it up and made a set of chairs or a table out of it, I've technically added value to it because it's now something taken away from its original state. That used to be how it was applied. It's not like that anymore. Mm. VAT (laughs) is almost more or less on everything, isn't it, really? But then, yeah, because if if we think about in that way, it's like, I've added this value to it. Why am I paying the government that value? Mm -hmm. Surely that value should come to me. A lot of the time you could see it quite simply, even if you're not 
hitting the threshold to register for VAT, it is sometimes worth considering anyway. So for example, if you are buying lots of materials, for example, and you're paying out VAT, like you quite rightly said, that's going to the government, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're buying materials in order to do your job and you're under the threshold, it's probably still worth having a look at being VAT registered because then you can claim back the VAT elements on all of those items that you are going to have to purchase mm -hmm. in order to perform your duties to do your job in the first place. Yeah, whereas like maybe for us as creators, we're only getting a laptop once every how exactly. many years. But if we were an artist for say or something, that's like dealing with a lot of materials all the time that mm -hmm. I'm purchasing to in order to do my job, yep. then it is quite worth being that registered. Spot on. Cool. Um, so you just to recap just for, for the listeners, so we've got corporation tax is taxed at 19% and that is on your total profits. And then it's 7% on whatever then your PAT is under a 32. Under a certain Under threshold. a certain threshold. Yeah, yeah. But so then you've got three thresholds for dividends. Okay. Right, so There's 7%. 7% is the most tax efficient one by far that you could stick within. Then it goes to 32.5%. Yeah. And then bizarrely, it only goes up to 38.1. Okay. So there's this huge gulf between the 7.5 and the 32. And then if you, it's, that's over like 150 grand, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So if you take yeah. more than 150 grand, they only tax you an additional 5, 6% on it. Wait, wait what? What? <laughs> so oh. what? <laughs> I wish all countries worked like that. <laughs> Amazing. For a sole trader, just one last thing on that is how will they get, how's their tax percentage work? I guess it's not like in, in I guess, in South Africa, you get, you like, if you're under this amount, you get taxed this percentage. And if you're this amount, you get taxed this percentage. It doesn't work like that here. So it's all very complex. Because if you're like a sole trader, um, I just want to make sure we get all the information right for, <laughs> for potential listeners. Because some people won't just be limited company yeah. people. Some will be sole traders. And as a sole trader, because like for us, I know that we're doing the 19% for corporation tax on as well as personal tax, whatever the percentage is there. Sole trader, you don't have to worry about the corporation tra tax. It's mm -hmm. just going to be the personal. Yeah. And if you're an umbrella, you don't even have to worry a thing about any of this because it all gets done for you. Yeah. And that is why you need an accountant. Yeah. 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 And why you should err on the side of caution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't think I could laugh so much talking, talking about, about tax and money and accounting well, and stuff. We try and make it fun. Yeah. Accounting yeah. and fun can be even used in the same <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems like you guys have a great time at Crunch. Yeah. yeah it's good fun. Yeah. It is um, good fun. Um, you know, we're, we're very, very focused towards, like I said, client education, give, giving people knowledge, sharing that knowledge as well. Mm. Um, why, why wouldn't you? You know, it's, it's not like the old days where, like we were saying, you hand your luggage over to them in your box and you're like, there you go, mate, you go and do it. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, because there's so many online platforms and because we live in a day and age where everything is electronic nowadays, you've got so much at your fingertips that you could just jump online, do a bit of research yourself and um, understand what it is that you're actually doing and what you're paying. Actually, that takes us into a really good question then. What are your thoughts on DIYing things? So I, there's a lot of like accounting apps out there. You can use things like QuickBooks or Xero mm -hmm. or things like that. I'm not familiar with them. I just literally <laughs> Googled names. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're the bigger ones. So yeah, yeah good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, w w would you suggest doing that? Would you suggest maybe trying it out for yourself, seeing how it goes? Or is it better to just hire an accountant and let them do it for you? I think to be honest, it's 
very unlikely if you go to a traditional accountant, they're going to let you try before you buy anyway. Yeah. So with an online bit of kit, most of them nowadays will give you a 30 day free trial or a demo at least. So you can have a little bit of a poke around, get a feel for it and think it's either for me or it's not. I don't think the answer is as simple as traditionals are better or an online is better. It's down to personal preference for starters. You know, do you want to have that visibility over your finances? Do you want to be able to see what tax you've got coming up, what your VAT liability is, that control, or don't you? Some people prefer the out of sight, out of mind approach where it's like, you know what, I, I don't even have to deal with it myself. Like I might not necessarily know everything, but by the end of it or whatever, I know what I need to pay, when I need to pay it. Oh, the anxiety approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love seeing the, the numbers. Approach. I'm visual, I like seeing them grow. <laughs> this is the thing, I, I think a lot of people these days are quite visual, especially with media content online and everything. A lot of people are turning to this more um, digitally driven research and education you know so having something visible and in front of you that you could just quickly click into and go oh yeah that's where I am cool never mind I don't have to think about it anymore or like you quite rightly said do I sit there with anxiety dreading making a phone call to someone else because the chances are they're going to charge me for that phone call as well <laughs> and then also probably charge me for the advice and the emails and the letters that they may potentially have to send <laughs> to me as well and if you do phone them you've probably stored so many questions because you've got that they're going to charge me for everything you just end up reeling everything off in one phone call probably not actually taking a lot of it in at all yeah, because, not relaxing and asking the questions that you need yeah and really digesting it whereas with an online i guess the flexibility is you can just sit there and look at it and go okay so a minus b equals c cool that makes sense mm. you know it, it, it is down to personal preference like i say if people don't want that visibility don't do online sure. accounting what about when it comes to tax return time do you have to have an accountant submit tax returns on your behalf and talk in corporation and income tax or can you submit yourself some clients of ours actually do this so when they first start it is super daunting right like mm, you've yes. never done this you're scared out your wits right you've got no idea people all, are just throwing numbers yeah at you. you've got it's figures like, coming out of the woodwork and all you know in the back of your mind don't mess with the government because they won't like it make sure <laughs> don't, they, on don't yeah yeah that's just, why they don't teach you in school <laughs> that could well be so they well keep be. you ignorant <laughs> yeah yeah could well be you know but that's <laughs> it or is it yeah. <laughs> who knows but i think a lot of people get someone else to produce i mean the clue's kind of in the name a little bit really self-assessment mm. everyone should be able to unless it is super complex and it involves like you said all this additional earning out outside mm. of your company's income um, one or two years, maybe three years at a push. If you earn in the same way every year, you can probably start to spot a pattern, right? You can probably mm -hmm. just look at one return from the next to the next and go, well, it's exactly the same every single year, except maybe the figures are slightly different. Mm. You just plug in the same information the fourth year and then you should be more than okay to do it for yeah. probably the remainder of your time. So what would you say is the reasonable amount to pay an accountant per month? What's overcharging and what... <laughs> is right it's a tough I guess question it would depend on on what your um what it entails right what the package entails yeah, yeah. what they're taking care I of mean, for you what you'd probably normally find with a traditional accountant is that you'll just have a i don't know whether they call it a subscription cost or something at all but it would just be almost like a membership so you pay them x amount per month regardless of what it is normally it's going to be all inclusive of everything right so it'll be your taxes your uh, returns um, bookkeeping, year-end accounts, and so on and so on. I guess the flexibility with an online 
account is that they're built in packages mm. so you can more or less tailor something that's actually unique to your business as opposed to having to pay the full wedge you know imagine if you're you're just starting out your turnover let's say is about 20 grand right if you're spending 200 plus on a traditional accountant or even an online some of them are quite expensive still a lot of your money from your business is just being spent on someone else managing your finances whereas if you've got someone that's that's tiered you've got a you know sometimes two three maybe four packages or even someone that allows you to create plug and just play and drop things in as and when you need it you're only paying for the essential bits and pieces that your company needs you're not paying for something like employee payroll when it's just you on your own mm, you know exactly. so the, the cost is extremely variable and like i say with a lot crunch for example but there are others out there as well that will offer an all-inclusive you get unlimited advice unlimited support you can phone as many times as you want you get these tax returns done included as well because they are the essentials most of them will offer you a low costing essentials basically everything's mandatory everything you have to absolutely do because it's slightly unfair then to go well we know you need to do this but we're going to charge you a little bit extra just mm. because we know that you need it you know so i guess it, it's goes back to the whole do your research thing find out what it is that your business actually needs and work out from there mm, what yeah. is the most cost effective for you yeah because the, the cost is going to range massively i mean we've got three different packages um you can go on a, a basic package a sort of intermediate package and then a more premium more advanced and package. what are those price ranges roughly i think they're between about 70 one of them 71 pound 40 that's the basic uh, which is extremely low, and I'm not just saying that for the sake of saying it. It is incredibly low in yeah. comparison to the others. And that's per month. Yes, yeah. And then the top one we've got is uh, just shy of £200 as well, so that's the small and growing business one. When you've probably got employers, employees, exactly. and payroll. Payroll, yeah, yeah exactly, oh, wow. and that's all covered. But when you consider as well that if you went to a, yeah, you know, you go to another accounting firm, a traditional one, let's say, you're going to be paying that 200 plus pounds anyway mm, even yeah. though you don't really need all of the services that it is that mm. they do um so with this you know sole traders i think for us are ludicrously low aren't they they're 29 pound 50 plus vat oh wow. okay sole traders you heard it here first yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing so how does crunch make life easier for freelancers i think in terms of making things super easy you'll find that sometimes if you go to an online accounting firm, some of them don't even offer you support. Mm. There's no one for you to phone. Yeah. So And even like what about those like one man band accountants? Yeah. You, you could wait days to get a response back. They could be on holiday. Yeah. That's what I mean. And then what are you gonna do? You know, they've gone on two week, three week holiday. How much would... the price range, sorry, do you know? For for like a one man band accountant. <sighs> wouldn't no, know, no. Wouldn't know. Something I've heard people paying annually of like over a grand. Over a grand. Oh, well over. Sometimes over two. Like well over. Yeah. Yeah. And they just get slammed with that bill and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. that's and, and that's the thing is, you, like you quite rightly said, is if you, they're entitled to a holiday, right? We all need a escape every now and then. I totally get that. But that's not going to take the pressure away from you when you needed something. HMRC sent you a letter. Mm. Yeah. You go, Rick, sorry, I'm out of office on annual leave for three weeks. Yeah. HMRC want a response by the end of that week. Exactly. He's still going to be away for two weeks. What do you do? Yeah. You're stuffed. You've got nowhere to go. You can't do anything. Whereas with this, because we've got this, in my opinion, at least anyway, this perfect blend of technology and people, which a lot of 
companies don't do. You know, it's very much, uh, okay, well, you need some help, go online and look at our help center. Yeah, which we also have, by the way, but it's just, sometimes it's just easier to pick up the phone and say, hey, like, I'm stuck. Can you give us a hand with this? Yeah, absolutely fine. So the guys out there, uh, you get client managers, you've got payroll, you've got accountants. Client managers are there to support you with your everyday use of the software, the system, walkthroughs, give you some basic advice over certain things like we were talking about earlier, what you can and can't claim for, what do you need to consider when setting up your businesses. You've got the accountants, obviously, that then do the heavy work, the more complex stuff like filing, year ends, everything like that. And then you've got payroll just on the off chance that, say, your business does grow. You've still got that here because mm. it's really confusing if you've got to go from to, from here for one thing you've then got to go there for something else here for something else how are you going to ever keep track on that yeah. you can't so you can get absolutely everything like you quite rightly said one stop shop business insurance investments and pensions mortgages we sort out as well and also mortgages to help freelancers because yep. I know that's quite tough getting incredibly, one as a contractor yeah incredibly that's great to know yeah so yeah a- anything like that like I would say we've got crunch course it's a fantastic tool we've got um, crunch knowledge as well which again is open to everybody as well that contains things like business guides and what to do director responsibilities so that research that you were talking about exactly yeah um, and then for and again it's still open to the public it's not something that we bring fence but our help center so that contains information on it on what you can and can't claim for so there's pools of these resources that we've put together mm. we haven't ring fenced it and said we can't access it if you're not a crunch client because that's not what we're about mm. we're about anyone can use it why not Amazing. Yeah. And and if we just to wrap things up, um, what if you could give one piece of advice to freelancers wanting to start up their own business? I'll probably say again, that based on the fact that you've done your research, don't let it scare you. Take a bit of a leap of faith sometimes. You know, if you feel like it's a good idea, it probably is. But just make sure that you've had a look into it first before you take the jump, and then you're in a creek without a paddle because it's so difficult. So then forming a business is easy, right? A couple of clicks of a button, you formed yourself a business. Great, you're now a director. Closing it and then upkeeping and maintaining everything after that, it's considerably harder than it is to open one as yeah. well. So yeah, just research, be brave, make sure you've got your network of clients and you, you, you basically know that your business is going to thrive. Amazing. And where can we find Crunch? Contact details, website, Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Can you imagine? Imagine. <laughs> imagine yeah. Crunch Instagram. Please don't what say would that you, in front what, of yeah. Darren because he will jump on it. <laughs> he will absolutely What would you post? A picture of a receipt? <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah, for website, it's www.crunch.co.uk. Contact number, if you do want to speak to one of our advisors, is 033-3311-8000 as well. Or you can send an email through to us at support at crunch.co.uk. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. You're more than welcome. We do have one little thing at the end we always do, and it's called like a win sum and a dim sum. And this is kind of a personal (laughs) thing where it's like, You've either had like a really good win this week or you've kind of had like, which is great, it's a Friday actually, or you've kind of had like a bit of a low and then when you low, you eat dim sum. Okay, makes <laughs> That's sense. That's how yeah. we do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. makes sense. It's, I'm afraid, going to be highlights only for me. It's going to be Chinese New Year and we're going to, <laughs> we're going to have dim sum okay. as a celebration. <laughs>
All wins. All, all win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Going to Holland. That was awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Welcome back. So that was my win. My dim is probably coming back. <laughs> from <Holland. laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, even accountants take breaks, but yeah. there's still someone here at Crunch to support <laughs> you if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. We so appreciate your time. Very and well. uh, this is obviously complex information that is so vital when you are beginning this road to becoming like your own boss. So thank you so much. Thank yeah, you very much. Great. Awesome. Thank you. What is your favorite dim sum, actually? My favorite dim sum? Yeah. What's your favorite uh, kind oh, of dim like sum? to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how can a dim sum negative thing be my favorite? I love anything with prawn in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it when they make the steamed dumplings with prawns in them. Mm. I'm a big pork fan. Yeah. I love a pork dumpling. Mm-hmm. Get into my mouth. Get into my belly. okay right so harriet today we've got a joint win some dim sum don't we yes we do so what is our dim sum well we arrived at victoria station to head to crunch to go interview them in brighton and all the trains were cancelled to brighton we panicked. I sprinted the last bit because Harriet called me when I was outside the station. She was like, if you get here in 30 seconds, we can get this train. <laughs> she did not make it. I didn't make it. She was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then what is our winsome? But literally like five minutes later, the trains got back running and we got actually in a direct express. That was the Gatwick Express straight to Brighton. So it was actually, we got there at the exact time we would have got there if we had got on the, the original train the original train thank god thank god and we get this we got to record this content get it out to you guys learn a lot ourselves yeah we sweated for you guys today <laughs> <laughs> we're dedicated to you we're real dedicated <laughs> okay thank you so much for listening today it's been great having you guys listen along with us and, and we really hope that this is helping you every episode helps you along the way to your journey to becoming freelance or if you are freelance it's helping you better yourself absolutely and if you do have any other questions do reach out to crunch they are such great guys like they were really really welcoming made us feel really comfortable didn't make us feel like there were any stupid questions that we could possibly ask um yeah give hit them up if you need some help you got the details <laughs> bye guys go crunch numbers <laughs> captain, <laughs> captain crunch <laughs> let crunch crunch the numbers for you <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and drop us a DM if you've got any topics you'd like us to discuss or you've got any questions. And if you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line, thatfreelancelifepodcast at gmail.com.